0: Why are you guys wearing beanies inside? It ain't oh, you don't know even know. Hey. I don't know what those squares are talking about. I was rambling about something over there. everyone welcome to episode 25 of the fantasy hipsters podcast. Once again, your guy Matt Franchise here. My buddy Matt Harmon on the other side of the country uh for the second week in a row on the road. What's going on, Harmon?
1: Yo, currently podcasting with you from a closet, basically. Wow. Uh, my <laughs> I'm at my mom's house now, no longer in North Carolina as I was last episode uh but yeah so so this week back like back at my mom's I and mean, she's got some people working on the roof today which by the way they woke me up like six o'clock in the morning so oh that's
0: the worst yeah
1: it's like great let's get woken up by people smash literally smashing on the roof of your house <laughs> uh and so yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to stay in this closet to avoid the noise so it's fun
0: it's very hipster of you
1: i guess yeah uh, are they are, they are they using reclaimed wood to repair the roof i highly doubt it but like uh, i had to you know i had to leave the house this morning to like you know do stuff yeah and had to like w- walk out without trying to get you know hit by flying uh roof objects i Debr- suppose but debris debris yes, d- de- debris uh debris. yeah so uh so it was fun. Uh things are things are going good. Um you know, just just whipping it up and down the East Coast. Had a great time in Charlotte uh this last weekend uh with a few internet pals. We'll talk about that in the beer section of the episode.
0: Uh spoiler alert. But uh how are things with you back in back in LA? Good man. You're missing a heat wave out here. It's like record-breaking temperatures all week. So it's a good time to not be here, but uh I haven't been really doing anything exciting. So, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just hanging out, living life, uh, gotta, actually something I can talk about. I'm actually officiating my stepbrother's wedding, uh, over the 4th of July weekend. Yeah. Uh, I've never officiated a wedding, so I've been working on the script and kind of practicing my lines and it's kind of nerve wracking to be honest. So if anyone has ever, yeah, if anyone's ever officiated a wedding and has some tips, like feel free to hit me up on Twitter or whatever.
1: That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of pressure, um, one. So, like, if the wedding, if they get divorced, is that, is that, like, on you? Is that,
0: like, a black (laughs) mark on your record? How does that work? I don't know. I guess I'd be 0 and and 1 at that point. That would, that would suck to have to live with that. I'd have to, like, do a couple more weddings to get my record over 500, but... Yeah, uh, like
1: an uber Uber driver like needs to do a couple more drives around the block and like get my rating back up (laughs) then you need to you need to like initiate a few more weddings if this one doesn't go go well
0: yeah so i've just been kind of like locking myself up working on the script trying to focus on that stuff and doing some mock drafts and stuff like that but you know it's the dark period in the nfl so it's slow times
1: Right. Well, hey, if you're officiating this wedding, obviously all eyes are gonna be on you. People are gonna be, you know, checking you out, seeing what your vibe is about, and you obviously don't wanna look haggard while you're doing it. So the best thing to do
0: is probably to get yourself some do champs grooming. Am I right? Oh, that is one hundred percent correct. Uh dochamps grooming dot C O, that's the website. Vintage inspired handmade grooming products for the modern day man. You better bet I'm going to be wearing this stuff when I do that wedding over 4th of July. And, uh, you know, for our listeners, we got a promo code, HIPSTERSPOD. You get 15% off at anything in their shop at DuchampsGrooming.co. I got to re up my beard balm and my hair wax for this wedding. So I'm going to dive in there and grab some stuff for uh, 4th of July weekend. And uh, our listeners should do the same. Yeah, I mean, Dew Champs Grooming, the official presenting
1: sponsor of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. Those guys will hook you up, get you looking right. I've been rocking my Dew Champs all the while being here on the East Coast. Got the hair wax in, of course. Putting some beard oil still on my little tiny beard because, uh, you know, you don't want to get to get all itchy and stuff. Especially, it's you said it's hot back in... Uh, it's hot back in, in L.A. It's hot over here, man. It's like that muggy, gross heat. The yeah. best way to keep your skin intact is is putting that beard oil on there, even if you're not a, a gorgeous, beautiful beard-like franchise. Yeah, so our listeners, go to dochampsgrooming.co. Use the promo code hipsterspod for 15% off your order. And like them on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. And, and just, just go, just go do it. Just go do it. I'm tired of telling you people. I just want you to go do it yeah yeah you bums, bums anyways, so <laughs> I have a little I have a little story before we get into some sure. of the news and what we're gonna be talking about today all right, uh I just wanted to tell a quick story about my best, and this relates to football for all the people that came at us about last episode that it took forever for us to get to football uh it's June, people, everyone relax, yeah, we're everyone not chill.
0: gonna like, we're not gonna conform to your mainstream standards,
1: okay. But this does have this does have something to do with football. So, OK, uh, Saturday night uh, after I got back from North Carolina, you know, I went over to my my best friend's dad's house because he, he, he and his wife were there um, and I'm talking to my friend or whatever. And this is so for a little context. This is the guy who actually got me into fantasy football nice. many, many years ago. And like kicking and screaming, I was like, I don't want to play fantasy. That's dumb and it's like oh that's my job now weird so i guess i basically like owe him my career but anyway so yeah he's he's pretty he's my best friend we've been we've been tight since we were like little little kids and you know he's talking we're talking about some stuff or whatever and he says, says like hey who would you take um number 1 overall in, in fantasy this year and after saying my usual joke which is hey man i like to leave work at work uh, but <laughs> so after making my usual joke i said i'd probably take david johnson you know he's got uh he has got great receiving upside. Obviously, he's going to be a bell cow back. I just feels a little right now. He feels a little bit more secure than than Le'Veon Bell, even though Bell's in a higher offense. And he's like, "Wait, who's David Johnson?" Oh my! And I God. looked at him. I was like, "I was like the, the Cardinals running back. Like he was the best running back in in fantasy last year." And he's like, "Oh, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know who that is." And I was like, "Wait, do you really know who that is?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just, I just forgot like for two seconds." And so. But my point in saying this, in telling this story, is you know now is the is the time of year where fantasy analysts and and we'll probably be guilty of it too. Franchise and I, we'll we'll, we'll, be, we'll do this and but it's it's important to not to try to not be a jerk about it. This is the time of year when fantasy analysts are going to constantly be like, that guy's not a sleeper. Everybody knows who that is. It's important to remember that not everybody lives and breathes this stuff like we do on a daily basis, like smoking it in like a pack of cigarettes a day. Need to get the football fix in June. Some people are living normal lives like my friend where he's, you know, in a successful marriage as a, and is a teacher also in grad school. They might forget about people, even if it's a guy like David Johnson. So it's just important to remember that before you become a real big jerk uh, in the next coming months. And of course, I mean, I'm not going to get into the fact that there might've been some whiskey involved in this story too. That's not really the point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we forget that we live in this bubble because we do this all day, every day, and you know, the co- the common man might not uh, be as up to uh, up to snuff on all of the uh, stud running backs per David Johnson. You know, so they people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's an that's ca- example. The, yeah, yeah, they, but like, if you're a casual fantasy player, you might just completely forget about football for a few months during the offseason, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's, like, probably a normal,
1: uh, healthy thing to do. Yeah, we're so, not we're not. <laughs> I just normal. wanted to share that. Yeah, we're definitely not normal, definitely not healthy people, way too obsessed with this. So I just wanted to share that little story off the top because, honestly, I thought about tweeting about it, but it felt too long for a tweet, and this is my podcast,
0: damn it, and I'll say it if I want to. There you go. Nice. I like it. I like it. Speaking of whiskey, by the way, uh, you know what? I'm going to put the call out there. I'm getting married next year, and uh, if anybody knows – a local brewery in the Southern California area that wants to sponsor the booze portion of my wedding, I mean, hit me up on Twitter, please. So it's out there. I'm making a call out. If you have a brewery or a distillery in the area and want to provide booze for franchises wedding, please hit me up. I'm putting the call out. I'm asking, uh, you know, Get, provide booze for my wedding so that all my guests are happy please that's you know yeah i'm gonna I mean, it's a shameless, i'm hoping
1: to be at this wedding so yeah so help
0: oh there's gonna be booze it's just a matter of uh you know figured the <laughs> uh paying for it yeah so you know what uh, <laughs> i'm being selfish here i'm using our podcast to for my own selfish reasons but uh you know i'm putting the call out there so you should think about uh
1: hitting up we should go to Three Weavers at one point where Caitlin works, you know, our old bartender at the gulp and and oh. you should throw this idea out there. Hell yeah, know. dude. are looking for a brewery. Yeah. Let's let's discuss that further uh when I get back. All right, let's move on. Let's get to the real the real stuff. Cool. So, two couple things we wanted to mention. We've got a we've got one news item to talk about, but, but before we get in that, I wanted to kind of share some of what's going on in the fantasy community because it's really cool right now. This is a fun time of year. Um, you know, drafts are starting uh, and all of that. You know, which is of course fun. But we've got a lot of really cool stuff going on right now. It, 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 like the one thing that I love about about fantasy people on Twitter is they're really. You know, there's always negativity. People, you know, you can spotlight yeah. the negative if if you want to. But but honestly. There's a lot of good going on. A lot of people are doing super great s- stuff with charity. And, of course, it's it starts with Scott Fish. I mean, Scott, if you don't know Scott Fish, like he's, he runs the Scott Fish Bowl. He's an analyst in the community as well. Um, he's at Scott Fish on Twitter, right? If that is that his handle? Is it at Scott Fish? Or, uh, it's at Scott Fish something. I'll look it up. Uh, but, anyways, point being, he's one of the best out there. Yeah, it's at Scott Fish 24. Jeez, yeah. that was embarrassing. Anyways, yeah. point being, he does a ton of great stuff. And I think it's it's inspired to a lot of it's inspired a lot of other people. So one thing that I saw this week was there's a Twitter user at Justin Freeman 18, and he has been doing he's doing a thing now where like he's actually built these projection templates. Like I mean, you got to go in and put in the data yourself, um, but he he's giving them out as long as you give a $10 minimum donation to No Kid Hungry. So it's really great because I've been starting to build projection models i started them last year i've been rounding them into form uh over the last couple of months to hopefully use them for this season um but justin's doing it, and it's a pain it's awful it's really it's annoying even if you like spreadsheets it can be annoying to try to build these things justin's doing a really great thing where if you go to his pinned tweet and sign up on the spreadsheet there and forward him your donation he'll hook you up with this model and it's obviously like, it's already good. Like it's going to charity. So just head over to at Justin Freeman 18 and, and check that out. I
0: thought that was a really cool thing that I saw. That's awesome. And people are always, uh, you know, there's a couple guys on Twitter like Mike Clay and JJ Zacharison, who are really good at uh, projection models. Um, But whenever they tweet something like that, of course they get a bunch of, of flack for it like oh this is too conservative whatever whatever you know what go do your own projections and see what happens and then uh compare them to to one of the professionals and and see how see how it turns out at the end of the season and it's for a good cause I love this idea
1: right yeah I mean that's I love that idea about projections and that like it's probably not the thing I'm like most interested in but I what I have found so fascinating is that like these guys always kind of do a good job of tempering expectations and i think like mike just recently tweeted out his his graphic of the titans and like the easy temptation is just to be like oh man eric decker you know is going to be a star there but it's like you really look at it they're a low volume passing offense yeah they don't you know they have a ton of weapons now too uh like where does the ball go like these guys could easily finish with like seven uh, seven to eight hundred yards and it would not be that Unreasonable. So I think it's fun. If you guys want to dig in and start doing your own projections, like I said, check out at Justin Freeman, 18 on Twitter, uh, check out his pin tweet there. Uh, the other thing I wanted to shout out is the fantasy cares, eliminator celebrity drafts and celebrities is in quote, uh, because the celebrities are people, uh, like me and Gelhar and, uh, Mike Taglier is in it. Scott fish is in it. They're run by Scott fish, uh, who I mentioned and John Bosch, who's at empire FFL on Twitter. Uh, so if you want more information, you can check out John's Twitter page. He actually just did a podcast with both Scott and I talking about the leagues. And so the whole idea behind these leagues are, you know, fans can come and draft in these eliminator leagues with analysts like me. Uh, I did one already, and the draft's already started. I'm actually going to be doing a second draft, too. So everybody jumps in with 10 bucks, and all the money goes to Toys for Tots, which Scott does through FantasyCares.net every year, or the hashtag FantasyCares. And he just gets an outrageous amount of money for kids that is all raised through these fantasy drafts, and this is one way to do it. And the drafts are crazy. I mean, the settings are wild. The coolest thing about it is it's a, it's like 17 teams, a ton of rounds. Uh, it's a super flex league, but also you can start up you can start zero to to you can start no quarterbacks. I, for instance, I won. I didn't win, but I was got in like third or fourth place last year in mine. And I did it with the. This is the quarterback tandem I had Robert Griffin III, Paxton Lynch, and Trevor Simeon. Oh my God. So it was Gross. <laughs> disgusting. But I had like DeMarco Murray and Ezekiel Elliott on the team. So, oh. like, if you have. Yeah, if, like. And there's all these kind of crazy scoring settings. But the, the most fun thing to me in the draft is it's a three round reversal. So what? if you draft, like, it doesn't go snake. It, like, at the third round, it reverses around again. So. It it kind of makes it an interesting strategy point that like you think okay I'm from drafting at the top like I get one of these top three running backs yeah um but then like when it comes to the third round I'm gonna be screwed and like my my roster could like look really shallow which is I got the tenth I think the ninth or the tenth pick this year and I feel pretty good about that because I can kind of get a more balanced roster and I think like I said it it showed last year if you if you do like a really good uh you know. Heavy one position approach and really own that spot uh it can be advantageous, and the eliminator part of it's fun too because all you want to do is like not get in last each yeah, week if you get yeah. in last one week you're you're eliminated and you 're out so this makes it different from like a traditional best ball where you 're trying to get the highest score every week this you just don 't want to get the lowest score so it 's a different challenge it's really fun, like I said, John and I did a whole big podcast with Scott. Um, It's the Fantasy Insanity podcast that he does. So if you want to check that out, like I said, you you can check out John on Twitter. But I just thought that was really cool. And I would encourage all our listeners to keep an eye out uh, for my next draft that you can sign up and you can do with me.
0: That's awesome. Yo, so if there's one celebrity in every league, what happens if the celebrity loses in week one? Then you have to you have to feel ridicule the entire season.
1: Yes. That's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like all Damn. people from Twitter, so they can so they can yeah. like come on Twitter and and uh, and roast people. Damn, so, yeah, it's fun. It's fun, but it's also all for charity. Like, if you win, that you get fifty bucks, uh, and if you get so or you get a certain amount of money. But like, if I win, I'm just gonna give my money back to the to the to fantasy cares and have it go to toys for tot too like i don't really care about that so it's fun like you can get first place and get a little money out of it but or you can just give it all back to charity and either way like a hundred bucks is is going to toys for tot so it's really fun awesome
0: that's good stuff man
1: yeah so i just wanted to highlight some of that uh as we're coming into the kind of this dark period of the nfl to, to you know like there's a lot of good stuff going on on fantasy Twitter right now. A lot of this this charitable atmosphere, and more of it will be going on. So that's why you know get involved and reach out to these people like Scott at Scott Fish Twenty Four or at Empire FFL for John Bosch, and like find out how you can get involved and contribute. And even if it's in your home league, like consider. You know, if you win some money, like consider giving it to charity. Like it's, you know, we're all very, very lucky to just get to do this for fun. Yeah. Um, and and maybe if we can do a little something extra with it, you know, use our platform for good. You know, I'm all about that with stuff. So I, I encourage our listeners to check this stuff out as well.
0: Awesome, man. With our powers combined, we can change the world through fantasy football. Isn't that uh, the Captain Planet thing? Uh, pro- yeah, probably with our powers combined. Yeah. Righteous.
1: Uh, okay so next next like real okay real news thing that we wanted to talk about before we get into the topic of the day uh is this interesting story out of minnesota well kind of a sad story uh michael floyd apparently tested positive for alcohol despite being on his despite being on house arrest um and yeah so not good news for michael floyd who was signed to a one year deal by the Minnesota Vikings after of course being released by the Cardinals then getting a ring with the Patriots uh he was released by the Cardinals because he had a, a what was the exact word of it like an extreme DUI I think that was uh, and he, yeah. yeah yeah so he's been on house arrest he was on the 90th of a 96 day stay um and so he, apparently he failed he failed multiple BAC tests after allegedly this was so this was the thing about it apparently he was drink he says he was drinking kombucha teas
0: which have a little bit of alcohol in it apparently kombucha yeah there's like a label on the bottle that says it contains alcohol it's not like you can get drunk off of it but he would have had to drink like 300 ounces of the stuff at four in the morning to get the result i think he he had like a 0.5 blood alcohol level or something that's uh you know that's a lot of kombucha so i'm not buying it but we're mentioning kombucha because kombucha is such a hipster beverage i mean i had one yesterday it was delicious uh oh so i'm reading that it it
1: it provides other beneficial effects such as stimulation of the immune system boosting the libido and reversal of gray hair
0: yeah there's all kinds of like uh there's probiotics in it and like on the label like if you open a kombucha you're you have to drink it within like two or three days because there's like live enzymes and like good bacterias in there that are like alive and floating around and stuff. It's a really weird, uh, interesting beverage that's kind of got gained popularity over the last year. But I mean, yeah, but for Michael
1: Floyd's situation, it's got what, like point or like 0.5 alcohol or something. I mean, it's got like a really low amount. So he would have, yeah, like you said, had been smashing kombucha all night and, uh, that seems a little a little unbelievable. So kind of a sad situation for Michael Floyd. Like clearly he has a problem with alcohol. Um I mean, obviously, you know, he's, that and that's been known since yeah. college. Like right. he's had issues with drinking. So hope he gets well, but his time with the Vikings might might be short
0: lived. Um, especially if, like if he has to go back to jail. I mean right. oof. That's 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 not rough. good that's not good news for sure. Um but I mean he got a Super Bowl ring with the Patriots last year, so at least he's got that yes that's that's pretty <laughs> unbelievable but this does
1: this does actually speak to so this i mean it's kind of a rough transition to go from a really sad thing to something that might be good news on the football field but right. apparently uh the, you know obviously the vikings have stefan Diggs and adam thielen kind of entrenched as their one two thielen's back on a nice new contract mm-hmm. um Diggs is is a favorite of mine he also had a really nice season last year uh however they do have an opening for the number three spot. They kind of wanted maybe Floyd to apparently compete for that, but the guy who's been doing it is a forgotten man. And last year's first round pick Laquan Treadwell, uh, the Minneapolis star tribunes, Matt Vensel reports that Laquan Treadwell has ran exclusively as the number three receiver during the off season program. And
0: so heading into training camp, he looks like the favorite for that job. Nice. That's good news for dynasty owners who've hung on to him and, and weathered the storm a little bit here.
1: Right. Well, there's not a lot of like immediate fantasy value in the yeah. Vikings, you know, third receiver job. I mean, I think Diggs and Thielen could be a real nice tandem this year, but yeah, you know, Treadwell was a player I liked a lot coming out of college, and I definitely, obviously, was not alone in that thought. Um, he would give them something that they don't really have, um, and he could let Diggs kind of stay in that slot, which would I think would be real juicy for his fantasy value because he could, you know, go up against inferior corners. He could get really high volume short a dot sort of sort of passes so this is good news for for LaQuan Treadwell who obviously you know was a complete dud a, as a rookie so it's it's good news for him uh and it looks like he might be able to take advantage of what's gone on with Michael Floyd there
0: yeah and the other thing is Diggs is not the most durable guy he had injury issues a lot of last season so if he for some reason has to miss some time and that would slide and, and Treadwell does win this third receiver job that would slide him up to the number two slot and he might get more opportunities that way. I mean, that would be unfortunate for Diggs, but it's kind of a path to playing time for Treadwell in that, in that sense.
1: Yeah. So I think the actually the Vikings offense really could be kind of an underrated unit. I know that that might sound weird given it's, you know, Sam Bradford led and they had a yeah. rough offensive line last year, but, A one, two, three of Diggs, Thielen, and Treadwell is pretty nice, and you know Kyle Rudolph had 130 targets last year. He was really good. He's super underrated in fantasy this year, by the way. Um, I can't. I was on a podcast somewhat recently, and they said that in like a typical redraft league, OJ Howard went behind or went ahead of like Kyle Rudolph. That's outrageous. Uh, Yeah, Rudolph's really underrated this year. Uh, they have three running backs now that are at least somewhat intriguing, uh, and Bradford was was pretty good last year. So, watch out for the Vikings offense to potentially be like a sleeper offense for for fantasy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the other thing is like Bradford was decent last year, and he joined the team like it was like during preseason or something. He joined the team very yeah. close to the start of the season, so he had to like pick up that playbook quickly. Now he's had a year playing in it and an entire off season off season to work on it, so.
1: And yep. they changed offenses midway through the year. Remember right. North Turner was Correct. the offensive coordinator to start the season and then he mysteriously right. walked away. Right, and right. And Pat Schirmer took over, who's like long time been a, a Sam Bradford dude. So um yeah, pretty cool pretty cool stuff. Uh, but let's get into the topic of the day. Sure. And uh well, before we do, we're gonna be talking about the NFL top one hundred today, which you know, done by our friends over there at the network. It's a little bit of a questionable list. Let's just put it. Let's just put it that way. But we've got some a fun way to talk about it. But before we do, we have to tell you about the newest sponsor on the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. It's the Marciante and Company. It's a new quality shoe brand promising to revolutionize the industry. Their genuine leather shoes, boots, and accessories are made from top leathers and are carefully crafted to last a lifetime. The best part? It won't ha- cost you half your paycheck. By selling directly to you online and cutting out the middleman, that's right, get out of here, middleman, Marciante and Company is able to slash retail prices and pass those savings on to you. So these shoes are going to be sick. I know Franchise and I are getting a pair here soon, and I'm pumped about it because they look dope. Yeah,
0: man, uh, I'm excited about it. They have, I mean, they have a women's line too, so they have women's Chelsea boots, they got right. w- wingtips, they got ankle boots, they got all kinds of different styles. The website says... Uh, leather footwear and accessories so there might be other leather items coming in july Um, they're looking to launch next month so we're just kind of happy to be a part of this and help this company get off the ground a little bit raise awareness yeah
1: pretty cool i've been finding i've been following them on instagram checking out their stories and stuff and yeah they've got a whole group of stuff for for not only guys but also for ladies i know we've gotten some feedback from our female listeners we haven't had a lot of ladies products but hey look we've got we've got something for you guys here yeah so what we want you guys to do is they're not launching their first line until july so for now we just want you to follow their social media at marciante and company that's at m a r c i a n t e a n d c o and check out their website marciante and co same way dot com uh and make sure to check them out for july and uh, we'll be talking about them more as the podcast goes on boom love it all right so let's get into our top 100 talk obviously i'm sure you guys know about the list it's nfl network every year they do the top 100 uh, players for the upcoming season voted on by the players right. look we'll just we'll just get right down to it yeah it's it's run by the company that that signs our paychecks but it's a bum list it's 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 a it's a little bit of a of a joke <laughs> a- am i right
0: or what the controversial the controversial
1: Which is, you know, I mean, it's voted on by the players. The methodology is a little questionable behind it, but and I know they always default to that. Well, it's by the players, but hey, it's meant to get you talking. Yeah. And look at this point right now. Yeah. Like, the thing, the thing is, it's almost easier to like. I mean, it's, it's so mainstream right now, and it's just dumb to. It's like it's just mainstream to talk about how dumb the list is and to ignore it and not to get mad. So we're actually going to be super hipster, and we're really going to talk about it. And and we're going to play a fun game. Uh, We're going to take some of the rankings from the list, like put two guys within the same position. uh, And we're going to debate, you know, this guy or that guy, this bum or
0: that jabroni. You know what I mean? This bum or that jabroni. That's what we're calling it. Now, wait, before we get started here, are we talking about who we would rather have in fantasy or just who's the better player in football at their position in general? I mean
1: we could talk about both but I was thinking like just you know who you'd rather have like on your team like if you were if you were building like a football team who would you okay. rather have Okay. 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 Would you like rather play on your favorite team I guess. I think that's the better way to do it cuz that's that's how the list is done. Got it. All right, let's let's right. let's get into this bummer that Jabroni. Cool. So first debate <laughs> on our list. This one just came these ones just came in on Monday night uh Dak Prescott at 14th overall Derek Carr at 11th overall so yeah right off the bat pretty high voting for both of these fellas I mean that's that's pretty especially Dak Prescott coming off a rookie year where I I, look I think Dak deserves a lot of credit for what he did but you gotta forget he was you can't forget he was still playing in like the most quarterback friendly environment in the game
0: Yeah, and he's got one season under his belt, and a guy like Drew Brees, who maybe we'll talk about a little later, was, like, lower on this list than Dak, which doesn't make any sense at all to me. Uh, And, you know, I mean, he's got a lot of developing to do. They have some talent around him, like Des Bryant, and Jason Witten's still there, so he has room to grow. But I think in terms of heading into this season, Dak at 14 is a little aggressive. Okay, but to the heart of the question, if you were starting an
1: NFL franchise, who would you rather start it with, Dak Prescott or Derek Carr? Uh,
0: I think I'm going to go with Derek Carr because, okay, yeah, I just think he's a better all-around quarterback. He's got more experience at this point in his career. Uh, He's shown good leadership. I know that Dak is working on that. Like, Dak's a good leader in the locker room um and what he did last year was just kind of unreal just kind of taking the reins there in Dallas and leading them on a great season uh but I would much rather have Derek Carr for the long run if I was starting a a football team all
1: right so I'm gonna argue the other case and first I'm gonna give a really I'm gonna give a really dumb reason for it and that's that Derek Carr is kind of sneaky old uh he's 26 already and I know that doesn't I mean that doesn't seem that old but like that's pretty old for this is my favorite thing to tell franchise. That's pretty old for uh for uh, you know a, a young quarterback, right? That's pretty old for a young quarterback for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hate you.
1: So I don't know. I know I'm I'm terrible. I'm sorry, but I had I had to just throw that one at you. So Dak Prescott as a rookie, I mean he was. He was unbelievable. Like I said, I, I, it's he, of course it's easy to default on the fact like yeah he had a great running game would he be anything without those guys you know I think this ranking of 14th overall is too high and I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback right now but if I was starting an NFL franchise with uh, with Dak Prescott who's 23 years old uh, he just turned he just turned 23 and in, in, or he's going to turn 20 oh, he'd be 24 in July um, but Prescott he's a big guy obviously he's mobile he's uh, he's someone who can he's a threat on the ground he had an interception percentage of just 0.9 percent like that's obviously going to fluctuate ob- with throughout his career especially yeah. if the situation is not as good as the years goes on but he's super careful I think he's somebody you can trust he also definitely like there were a few games where he just kind of took it over I mean even in the game against the the Packers in the playoffs like that was a game where where, where Dak Prescott definitely showed like he's He's not—he's not a fluke. Like he's the real deal. He could go up against top competition and and go toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, eventually, obviously uh you know it it didn't work out for for the for the Cowboys but it was still like that was the very beginning of his career yeah um and I think the fact that he just like he and Zeke basically took over the leadership roles of that team really impressive for me so I would go if I was building a franchise I would go with Dak Prescott I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback right now but for the future give me give me Rain Dakota Prescott as his full name interesting
0: well you know you ever heard of the old sophomore slump there buddy well, uh that's going to be dak stats this year, so watch out. Fake news. Okay. Okay,
1: whatever. All right. <laughs> next 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 this Brum, this Bum or that Jabroni, we've got Julian Edelman at 71st overall on the list or Doug Baldwin 88th overall. Now, both these guys are slot receivers. They play on really good teams in the Patriots and the Seahawks, uh, we've talked about Edelman a lot on this podcast. I feel like, yeah, uh, because of you know because of his antics and his uh, you know his guy Fieri shows and his also you know good physical build with with you gotta admit a good beard and, and a nice set of hair. So, uh, but Doug Baldwin, one of the better slot, both these guys, one of the better slot receivers in the league. But so, gotta ask you though. This bum or that
0: jabroni? I have a clear, clear answer on this. I, I, I'm gonna assume you're gonna pick Doug Baldwin because I know you like him a lot. So, I, I e- either way, I was gonna pick Julian Edelman, even though I dislike him very much. Uh, but I, and in terms of like, look, you're starting a football team today. Look, I know Julian Edelman's getting up there in age, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna kind of like discount that factor. But what we've seen Edelman do over his career just the consistency he's when he's on the field he's 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 catching 10 10 balls a game at least i mean this guy is just he's he's best bros with tom brady right so like the consistency factor the chemistry with his quarterback uh just the, the long-term uh production that he's put up i mean it's just two thousand yard seasons I mean he had uh, how many touchdowns he only had three touchdowns last year nah, I mean because because Garrett Blunt had like 18 and they were running on, on the goal line all the time but he's not a huge touchdown guy but just his he's just so reliable you know what I mean and I want that guy in my lineup if I'm starting a team I want Julian Edelman over Doug Baldwin
1: Okay, and I get that. I mean, look, it's hard to argue with Edelman's resume, but Doug Baldwin's my clear answer. I think he's the best slot receiver in the NFL. Um, Look, everybody wanted to talk about Doug Baldwin's 2015 season being a fluke, and back then, reception perception was pretty clear that, no, this guy actually took a step forward and is a newly born player uh, later on in his career. And sure enough, he went out and had another 1,000-yard season, caught over 90 passes, So the thing that separates Baldwin from Edelman to me is I think Baldwin is a much better intermediate and deep receiver. Like, he can make plays vertically more so than Julian Edelman does. Uh, For context there with reception perception, Doug Baldwin has a 58.8% success rate versus coverage on nine routes, just the straight-up go routes down the field. Um, And Julian Edelman checks in well, well below the NFL average with only a – with just – a 28 uh with just a 28 percent success rate so yeah definitely different in terms of making plays vertically i think baldwin just straight up offers you more than edelman does um and not to mention he's the best improvisational route runner in the nfl like the way he and wilson are just have that mi- i mean brady and, and edelman definitely have that mind meld yeah but i mean nobody has a better one than than russell wilson and doug baldwin you know i track a route for uh for the receivers where they break off of coverage and they when their quarterback is scrambling they go into the other route and Baldwin has a 90.9 percent success rate on those routes that's the best uh in series history so it just kind of shows just that you know the numbers match up with what you see on Sunday so I I love Baldwin and he's my pick here
0: oh cool so you're just gonna like throw your methodology at me and bury me that's cool whatever that's fine (laughs) sorry unfair Okay. Well,
1: too bad. I I mean, I so I won that. I won that argument. Uh, Uh, My jabroni obviously better. Mm. uh, Cool way to agree. Way to agree with the list two times in a row, bro. Debatable. You just you agreed on Derek Carr being better than Dak Prescott, and you agreed on Julian Edelman over Doug Baldwin, just like the players did. You're Mm. super mainstream. Well, they are. What do you want me to? What do you want me to say? I mean, come on. All right, so here's here's the next one. Are you gonna be are you gonna be a sheep and agree with this one too? We've got a tight end debate here. We've got Jordan Reed at sixty five overall or Greg Olson at sixty seventh overall.
0: I think this one's fascinating. But which direction are you going? I have a feeling we're gonna go the same direction, but I I'm gonna go with Greg Olson here because look, wow, I, I know Jordan Reed is a a beast. Anytime he's out there, he's a mismatch, no matter who's covering him. If it's a one-on-one man coverage, Jordan Reed's going to win every single time. Uh, but he's injured all the time. He cannot rely on this guy as, as a guy you can plug in for 16 games and just stay healthy. Like He's been injured every year for extended periods of time. You know the last time uh, Greg Olson missed a game? I'm pretty sure it was uh, 2010. No, 2011 was the last time Greg Olson did not play in a game. So Greg Olson. No, dude, the first, the last time he's missed a game, I think it was like his rookie season. He's played all 16 games, I think
1: for since 2000, since, since his rookie year. Well, maybe you're right.
0: Then that even helps my argument even more. So thank you. He's an iron man. Uh, he's had over a hundred targets for five straight seasons uh he's cam newton's go-to guy in the red zone uh i mean yes i i understand that that jordan reed is younger maybe he's more athletic maybe he's a little bit bigger uh i don't really know what their size comparison is i mean jordan reed's one of the most impressive guys to watch on a football field like i love jordan reed i just the, the injury durability thing makes me lean greg olsen
1: Yeah. I'm going Greg Olson Uh, that reliability factor you mentioned is, is a big selling point for me. Like you said, Reed is a total freak show. He's a physical specimen. The injuries are one thing, but I mean, even so it's, it's harder to count on him. You know, he's, he can take over a game probably more so than Greg Olson can, but if it were me, if again, if I'm starting a team, like I want Greg Olson out there being like my quarterback's best friend, he's gone over a thousand yards, three straight seasons, that's like his, some historic-level production for yeah. for tight ends. He's at 84, 77, and, and 80 catches in that stretch. And, he, and he's been the most important player on the Panthers' offense outside of Cam Newton. I mean, they have gone through just, you know, ups and downs of, of wide receivers in that time. You know, Kelvin Benjamin was there in 2014. Then he wasn't in 2015. Then he was terrible in 2016. You know, they had Ted Ginn as their number-one receiver in 2015. I mean, it's been a revolving door – at the wide receiver position and Greg Olson has just been Mr. Consistent. And it's hard to tell yourself the story, even in, in 2017, how that's not the case. I mean, this guy has been awesome. He's also like legitimately one of the better guys in the NFL. He's always involved in charity. He's a super fan favorite in Carolina. Uh, he's going to probably retire there. And that's great to see. Also, by the way, you know, some people know I, I have like a complicated relationship with the Carolina Panthers as, yeah. as a fan. Um, that's the best way to describe it uh however greg olsen was like the only time being a fan of that team that like you know all the time when players are you know on the trade block or they're getting released or whatever and you're like oh man i just want to see them play on my team and then it never happens yeah greg olsen was the only one when the bears like put him on the trade block because stupid mike martz was like i don't like using tight ends not even this you know six six two 250 pound guy that my team drafted in the first round and they were like, "Yeah, he's, a bit, he's available for like a third round pick." I remember reading that and being like, "Oh my god, I just want the Panthers to pick up this guy. This would be such a perfect fit." And then it actually happened. <laughs> so yeah. that was like one of the cool. That was like one of the coolest things ever. So give me Greg Olson in this debate. He
0: went to the Panthers. I think the same year that Cam Newton was a rookie. So.
1: Yep. Uh, 2011 was, was Cam's rookie year.
0: That was the year actually he was playing.
1: He was like playing in two tight end sets with Jeremy Shockey too. Oh my God. (laughs) You forget that, but yeah, it's crazy, crazy to remember that. But yep. That was, that was how that was going.
0: Greg Olson. Shockey was kind of good that year too. Yeah. Shockey, you know, you know, got a couple rings. Uh, but, uh, Greg Olson also more recent, more recent seasons has had a pretty epic beard. So another point on the hipster scale there.
1: Super, super handsome. Super handsome
0: guy. Super Um, handsome. We both both go with Iron Man Greg Olson there. Nice. All
1: right, let's see if we agree on this one. All right, so this bum or that jabroni, Jarvis Landry at 42nd overall or Amari Cooper at 53rd overall. Uh, I included some LOLs on this on our rundown because I think it's insane to have Jarvis Landry over Amari Cooper. Look, I think that Cooper – he has still some room to grow. Yeah, but he's um, so but, young. but he's super young. He's also gone over a thousand yards in each of his first two seasons. Like I know fantasy people are kind of you know frustrated with him because he kind of disappears. He doesn't get a lot of red zone targets because of. Uh, Michael Crabtree but he's been a stud I mean he's he's an electric receiver he's a great route runner he's not great on contested catches reception perception shows that but he separates easily all over the field both both deep short and intermediate he's had 72 and 83 catches in his first two seasons Uh, again the touchdowns need to come up but this guy's like just scratching the surface of his potential to me um and Jarvis Landry like I get it. I, he's really productive. He's one of the better slot receivers in the NFL, but he's a glorified role player to me. You know, he's, it's hard to argue with the production. Like I said, he's at 84, 110 and 94 catches in his, in his th- first three seasons. He's gone over a thousand yards each of the last two, but he's a, and he, his yards per reception has even come up, you know, however, but we saw last year, like the, the Dolphins just don't want him to be the engine of their offense anymore as Jay Ajayi became the the core of that attack and and is the the, the foundation piece there. And that's smart because you don't want to run your offense through a slot receiver. I think you can run your offense through a, a receiver like Amari Cooper. And I think even the Dolphins are struggling with this decision because it's his contract year. He's even come out and said like week one is the deadline for getting a contract done. And And they might franchise him next year, but at the same time, like – this is this thing that the, the Dolphins have not like run out to give him a new deal despite the, uh, despite the production.
0: So yeah. And yeah. I, I, I think it's clear Cooper. Where do you go? I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, on the Landry side, our buddy, uh, Evan Silva, I think tweeted a, maybe last week at some point, something about how the Dolphins kind of delaying these contract talks uh, with Jarvis Landry and I'm talking up Devonte Parker Uh, you know, in preseason activities and stuff like that. It might be a kind of foreshadowing to what the Dolphins want their – how they want their passing game to evolve. Uh, For the last few years, Landry's been their number one guy, but now they have these big couple bigger bodies there, guys that can stretch the field a little more. Like you said, he's kind of a glorified role player, and he's only had so much production because they've been forcing the ball to him and just kind of like letting him do what he can do after the catch. Um, and he's a talented guy. I don't want to take anything away from him. But if it's between him or Amari Cooper, who is clearly like a stud and is going to be a stud for like 12, the next 12, 15 years, I would much rather have Cooper. Um, plus Cooper has a better quarterback to throw, to throw to him. Um, right. And uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I just would much rather have Cooper. I like I like the style of receiver. He is much more than I like, uh, you know the style that Landry plays
1: right, yeah, I mean Landry's a good player, like there were plenty of people that were even despite his early production were still trying to say he's a bad player. Those yeah. people are dumb, and they're just trying to make their their college evaluations of him seem right um but yeah it's clear that Amari Cooper is a better player I think the the NFL players got this one wrong yeah another pair of of high-end receivers here we've got T.Y. Hilton at 61 overall and Des Bryant at 60th overall uh let's just get this out of the way both of those guys are way underrated they should both be ahead of Landry and Cooper if you ask me um but those are two those two are pretty tight right there Des Bryant obviously you know he used to be used to be regarded as as one of the game's best uh as a matter of fact he was 51st uh, overall on this list last year uh now falling to 60th ty hilton unranked now up to 61st so you could kind of say maybe one player is viewed as on the decline and one is on the upswing but right. where do you go in this debate this
0: is hard man i like them both i mean Des is dez is a beast he had That season that he had 16 touchdowns in 2014, like, my goodness, that was insane. Uh, But that's not the Cowboys anymore. That's not, there's no more Tony Romo. Uh, That mind meld, like we talked about before with guys like Brady and Edelman, like, I don't know if Dak and Dez have that. Dez isn't just going to force, or Dak isn't just going to force the ball to Dez the way Romo did. Um, And like you said, he's aging. He's been banged up the last couple of years. Uh, Like you said, like maybe he's kind of on the downturn of his career. T.Y. Hilton's kind of in his prime right now. He led the league in receiving yards last year, I think. Uh, You know, Andrew Luck is one of the best quarterbacks in the league still. And he has, he had shoulder surgery. So that's kind of a question mark heading into this season. But if Andrew Luck is healthy and T.Y. Hilton is out there, I think I'd rather have T.Y. over Dez, uh, just for the potential future upside, I guess that's, that's the route I would go.
1: Yeah. I think I've been guilty. I mean, I've, no, no, no. I've definitely been guilty of, of underrating T Y Hilton throughout his career, yeah, um, me too. but me too. N- yeah, not anymore. Like now he's <gasps> he, not only did he eclipse 90 catches last year, like you said, he led the NFL receive with, in receiving yards at 1,448, um, which is a low, low number, but still pretty awesome season from him. We saw him also a grow and like, become not only just their Colts number 1 receiver but we saw him play both inside and outside was about a 50-50 guy mm-hmm. uh in terms of playing in this in the slot versus the outside. He can run pretty much every route in the book. Like he's not just a deep threat. Obviously, reception perception shows he has a 60% success rate versus coverage on nine routes. That's a great score. However, he's also separating on routes like digs, the curl, the comeback, the flat. I mean, he can get separation. And the thing that was most impressive about me about day or about uh Hilton to me was that he had an 88.9% success rate on contested catches, and that falls at the 98th percentile among NFL scores over the last three years. So he's not only become – I mean, obviously he's not making a lot of contested catches, but he shows that he can make them. Um, So he's he's really grown in that area of the game. But I'm still taking Dez Bryant here. Look, when Dez is right, (laughs) there's almost no receiver that is just – more dominant than him i mean he he even still again like took over some games last year his reception perception was still really good he has a 94.9 i think this shows just how great he is as like a physical specimen he had a 94.9 percent success rate on slant routes he just can bully defenders off the line he can get out of breaks really easy he can get off press coverage and you know like you mentioned the cowboys definitely are not a pass happy team anymore. He's never been a guy who's gotten a ton of volume, but there were still games like last year where he just, where he really did just take over, including that game in the playoffs against the, the, the Packers. We had nine catches, 132 yards and two touchdowns. So I think he, he, that he and Dak connection is only going to be better this year. I'm, I'm not worried about Des uh, falling off. He's still a guy I think is one of the game's best.
0: I just think, like you said, when he, when he's, when he's right, he's one of the best, but he hasn't been right for two seasons. So that's what has me being cautious, but like on a fantasy team, I don't know if I would feel confident if T Y Hilton was my wide receiver one, where if I had Des, then I'd kind of be okay with him as my wide receiver one, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting debate and it's like, I think it's, there's a good case. There's a good case to make for both players. And uh-huh. I think that's why they were so, despite the fact they're too low on this list. Yeah. I think that's why they were so close at 61 and 60. So it, it makes sense. But uh, next one, and this is a little, another one kind of, uh, you know, uh, a younger guy kind of maybe coming in usurping Marcus Mariota at 50th overall, one spot ahead of Andrew Luck at 51st overall. <laughs> this one, this one definitely got my attention. Um, Obviously, yeah. Andrew Luck was 92nd on this list, which uh, the year before, and now he's up to 51. Mariota wasn't even ranked up to 50. Um, but how do you feel? Are you cool with taking Marcus Mariota over Andrew Luck? Uh,
0: I don't think I'm there yet, but I can see why Mar- Mariota is starting to trend up. I mean, last year, the middle of the season last year, he had that insane run where he was putting up like uh, – like 20 30 27 25 27 22 21 fantasy points like every single week and then he kind of fell off at the end of the year there uh against some tougher defenses so you know we know mariota can find his open receivers he can use his legs he can score a rushing touchdown here or there um but in terms of would i rather have luck or mariota uh, then I start factoring in like how these teams that they're on run their offenses. Uh, Tennessee isn't a huge passing volume type of team. Uh, luck is just throwing all day cause they have uh, like a, a, an anemic run game. No offense to Frank Gore. Frank Gore is great, but you, you know, luck just luck. Luck is a passer and Marriott is more of a kind of athlete. I guess I would say court type quarterback. So I, don't, I definitely don't agree with Mariota being one spot ahead of Luck, and if I was building a team right now, I think I'd still lean Luck over Mariota.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And I I, I think it's pretty clearly luck to me. I just think he's he's a better player. I think he's a better physical specimen. Last year, he had a pretty good season. He had a 96.4 quarterback rating. Uh, That was only 0.1 off of his career best 2014 mark. So really not even like he took a step back last year. Um, I think he's only getting better still. I think this could really be the year uh, that he takes another step forward. And the, the one thing like injuries are a question for both of these guys for sure you know, marcus Mariota has has been hurt the last two years luck is actually still recovering from a surgery to repair torn labrum um he ha- he did not throw at all yet this offseason it remains to be seen when he will in training camp but injuries are something to watch out for both these guys i think they're still ascendant players but but i would take luck um Another quarterback debate for our next one, uh, this guy or that jabroni. We've got Philip Rivers at seventy-three. He's fallen from forty-six last year, or Matthew Stafford at, at thirty-one. Uh, which
0: you picked this one, so Bro, which way do you want to go? This is completely offensive that that Philip Rivers is at seventy-three and Matt Stafford's at thirty-one. What? I would much rather have Philip Rivers. Like I know he's old and maybe only has a couple of years left, but. He's way better than Matt Stafford at playing quarterback, in in my opinion. Is, is he, though? Is he, though? Uh, yeah. Matt Sta- look, look. Matt Stafford had Calvin Johnson for nearly his entire career till last year. Last year, you know, Jim Bob Cooter came in, took over. Stafford had a great season, like, career highs in, in – uh... I don't know, I'm not exactly I thought he had a career high in QB rating, but he didn't. But it was his it was like his second or third best QB rating, 93.32. Uh I mean he's getting better each and every year, like incrementally, but at some point, and I feel like we might be there, like Matt Stafford plateaus, and Phillip Rivers is just kind of a gunslinger out there, just 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 throwing balls around, going nuts. Like, give me Philip Rivers, man. He does he has he has zero F's left to give, you know? <laughs> Look, I love Philip Rivers. I think he's great. Um, I think Matthew Stafford is
1: too high at 31 overall, but I think we're I think you're underrating Stafford a little bit. And I think you know, if I was starting a team today, I wouldn't mind starting with Stafford. Like he's not I think he should get a lot more credit than he does for changing his playing style. I mean in 2011 and 2012 he led the NFL in pass attempts in both those years. Like he's not that guy anymore. He's much safer, more efficient with his uh with his passing now. He's uh he he had a 1.7 interception percentage only through 10% or um, only through 10 interceptions last year. Yeah. Both those were uh career lows outside of a 2010 season where he threw or he started just 3 games, so kind of throw that one out. So Really one of the, he's become much more careful. He's not just a reckless gunslinger anymore. Um Phillip Rivers, you know, he's obviously, you can, you can definitely give him a pass because his team seems to just die every year. But he has also fallen off, kind of slowed down each of the last two years. Again, I think a lot of that's injury, and I think he could have a really big season this year. Um, but he did throw 21 picks, led the NFL last season, so... Uh, I don't know give feel, me Stafford but but not by as much as this list says like that's too big of a gap
0: I feel yeah that's a ridiculous gap I feel like Rivers 21 picks last year a lot of that had to do with them being behind late in games and just kind of like like YOLO balling it and like not re- just because they like they needed to score a bunch of points in the fourth quarter and just he he just let them go in bad spots which yeah you shouldn't do if you're a veteran quarterback but Like you said, his team was dead and he was, you know, he's working with number three and four wide receivers, but I'd, I'd rather have rivers. You'd rather have Stafford. We'll agree to disagree. Sure. But yeah, one thing
1: we can agree on is that the gap in this list is, is way too big. Like yes. Stafford should not be that much far ahead of Philip Rivers, who's, who's still a really, a, a damn good quarterback. Agreed. Uh, next debate. And you, you put this one on here yes. and with the, with the, uh, with the caveat. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. It's Gronk at 23 and Travis Kelsey at 26. And look, I'm just going to get it out of the way right now. It's Gronk. It's not close. I, Kelsey's great. I love Travis Kelsey. I've long tra- loved Travis Kelsey for a long, 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 long time. But Gronk is still the best tight end in the NFL. He was dominating last year despite the injuries. And, I mean, again, despite the injuries is a, is a pretty big caveat. I, I get that. But if you got a chance to have Rob Gronkowski on the field, even for a limited, limited uh, sample, I would take that over Kelsey.
0: Uh, but maybe you feel differently since you put this on the list. Gronk played eight games last year. Kelsey played 16. Kelsey was the tight end one. Gronk was the tight end 22 because he only played eight games. It's kind of like the same uh, situation with Olsen and Jordan Reed. I'm not trying to take anything away from Rob Gronkowski. I also think he's the best tight end in the league. But the fact that they're so close on this list, Kelsey's gaining ground here. He had that crazy run last year of like five straight games with 100 receiving yards. Uh, Jeremy Macklin is not in Kansas City anymore, so uh, Kelsey's target share could go up even more. And, uh, I'm not gonna say that I'd rather have Kelsey over Gronk, but I wanted to point out how close they were, make a point that, uh, you know, I think Kelsey, a case could be made where Kelsey could be in the same tier as Gronk. And that's kind of what I wanted to point out. I mean, he's just consistently getting eight to 10 targets a game, uh, and and after the catch, like, once – dude, his speed is – Kelsey's so fast, and, I mean, Gronk is big and can run dudes over, but Kelsey, once he gets going, like, he can burn any defender on the field despite his size. So um, I just kind of wanted to point out, look, they're only three spots away from each other on this list. Uh, and, you know, a couple more votes might have had Kelsey over Gronk, and the durability thing is a big issue for Gronk. It makes me not want to draft him in in redraft leagues. So – Nah,
1: well, bad argument. Gronk's still the best. Don't care.
0: The other thing is, like, Kelsey's done this with Alex Smith as his quarterback. Gronk has Tom Brady, so that's a little bit of an unfair advantage. If Gronk had a different quarterback, it might not be the same story. Yeah. All I'm saying. I uh, Yeah.
1: Give me give me Gronk, but I get it. it. It's definitely the gap is closing. Kelsey's taking some huge steps of late. They're so um, close, yeah. More, more kind of old guy versus young guy. And then this is a little bit of a two-parter for our last one here, Last this this bum or that jabroni. Um, You wrote in, are DeMarco Murray at 33rd overall and LaShawn McCoy at 27th overall still that much better than Devonta Freeman at 41st overall and Jay Ajayi at 69th overall? Nice, Nice. by the way. Nice. Um, What do you think here? Where are you going? You think the old guys are still better than the
0: young guys? I don't. I don't, I think I would rather, I'd rather have Freeman and Ajayi. Like the reason I like these two guys is their running style is similar in that they kind of run with reckless abandon. They're both kind of super like violent runners. They just kind of run full speed into a pile. They're not afraid of contact. They just put their heads down and plow. Um, I love that running style. Uh, And LaShawn McCoy is, you know, one of the elite quarter uh, running backs in the NFL uh, his agility and and just his pass catching ability and everything combined, like he's so elusive, he's so fast, and he's had an amazing career. Same with Demarco Murray, he's a bigger power type guy. Um, kind of, I guess I would compare Freeman to McCoy and Ajayi to to, to Murray um, in their their styles. And I know Murray and McCoy both had huge years last year. They're both going like as fringe first round picks in redraft leagues this year. But I think Freeman and Ajay need a little more love. Freeman is the only uh, running back in the NFL who uh, who's had a thousand plus rushing yards and at least ten rushing touchdowns in each of the last two seasons, despite being in a timeshare with Tevin Coleman there in Atlanta. So you can't really deny that stat for uh, Devonta Freeman regression truthers because he's just gonna keep he's just gonna keep doing this, man. Uh, the Falcons' offense is one of the best in the league, and you know, I, I'd rather have these two guys to start a team with now than than the old dudes.
1: Yep, I'm with you. Actually, I'm with you on this take. I, I think that Devonta Freeman is one of the best backs in the NFL. People should admit that by now. Actually splitting touches, having his carries and reception and targets go down actually made it more efficient from a yards per carry uh, and yards per reception standpoint. He bumped up from four to 4.8 in yards per carry and 7.9 to 8.6 in yards per reception. Uh, his rushing touchdowns held strong at eleven both seasons in a row. So, like you mentioned, he's been a stud two years in a row. He, I don't really see any reason he shouldn't be. He's still on the up and up. He's only been in the league three years. Yeah. Uh he's currently just twenty five years old. So still a guy that that probably has plenty of tread left on his tires. The fact that he split carries last year only kinda helps that. Um yeah. so he's played he played sixty or well, he played sixteen games last year after playing fifteen the year before. So I'm still really excited about Freeman. I think he's ascending. And Ajayi, I, I just love, 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 Jay Ajayi. And it's not to take anything away from Demarco Murray, Lashawn McCoy. But look, if if both if if both are one of those guys fell off this year, it wouldn't surprise me. Murray started to slow down last year. Started to cede some work to to Derrick Henry. I think I think Murray's still going to be the bell cow there. But you know, nevertheless, he could easily be. Getting close to the end, and Ajayi's just—he's just so damn good, dude. You know, we know he's capable of the monster games. We've seen that against the Bills and the Steelers, yeah. um With the 200-yard yeah. explosions, he caught 27 passes this last year, and it's just been a steady drum beat that he's just going to get more work in the passing game. We know he can do that. If you watched him at Boise State, so yeah, give me the two young guys in this one. I'm—I'm I'm glad we agreed on that. That's—I feel like that's a pretty hipster take, and I'm in on it. High five across
0: coast to coast. Air five. Dig it. All right, nice.
1: <laughs> cool. All right, so listen, if you are playing hypothetically taking some of these younger guys in a dynasty league, uh do you know where you should do it, franchise? Mm, reality Sports Online. Boom. Boom. Yeah, you go to realitysportsonline.com. They've got everything that you could need to run the coolest fantasy team ever to get guys like DeVonta Freeman and Jay Ajayi on your teams and start dominating your dynasty leagues over goofballs that are still chasing old players like DeMarco Murray and LaShawn McCoy. Look, it is the only fantasy sports platform that actually replicates the NFL general manager experience, and it was created by former NFL front office personnel. It features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics the actual free agency process. It enables fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to to 32 teams and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency, like a rookie draft multi-team trades franchise tags injured reserve automated contract and salary cap functionality and so much more so go test your gm skills for free today with a 14-day free trial at realitysportsonline.com and if you like what you see use the promo code hipsters to receive a 10 percent discount on your team or league today fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com nice so some pretty good some pretty good banter there on the NFL Top 100. Obviously we know it's a we know it's a, a bit of a wacky list, but I think we got some good discussion points out of that. Just little house cleaning on the list before we get out of here. Let's just hit on some things real quick before we before we take a quick break here. Uh, give me either something that outrages you about the list or a couple of players that you expect to be on the list next year.
0: Okay, so first of all, David Johnson was at number 12 overall, and they have not revealed the top 10 yet. I think that's happening this week. But Ezekiel Elliott has not yet been revealed, so that makes me think Zeke is in the top 10, which means Zeke is higher ranked than David Johnson, which is a damn outrage. And these players who did this are a bunch of bums because David Johnson is clearly the better running back. Do not at me. Duh! Wow. Why? That's would, a lot of passion? Like, do more players have Zeke's phone number in their cell phone and they're like, ah, well, I'll put Zeke higher because like he texts me every week or something, and like David Johnson's just enjoying life being a stand up classy, classy citizen over here. You know? Like, how is Zeke better than David Johnson? Can you could you make a case for that?
1: I think he's probably more explosive. No. Um. Okay.
0: Well. All right then. I'll just shut up. He's not. He's not. I'm outraged by this. And that's that's what I have to say about that.
1: Okay. Well, do you have anybody that you uh, would recommend, or you think is going to be
0: on the list next year? Uh, next year. Oh, yeah. You 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 put this in the notes. Uh, Jordan Howard. I was like, you know, he he had a great season last year he's on a terrible offense but i mean i don't know i don't know how he was ignored for this season but if he has another thousand yard season in 2017 he's got to make the list next year
1: yeah that's that's fair okay a couple of mine real quick uh one thing that was outrageous to me yeah actually two things and i'm gonna go i'm gonna go defensive side of the ball here aaron donald at 15th overall that's stupid Uh, he was the best defensive player in the league last year he's one of easily the top five players in the game I thought having him 15th overall behind Dak Prescott and Derek Carr was ridiculous I mean that's definitely the quarterback bump but come on Donald is easily a top five player in the NFL yeah Xavier Rhodes he had the best passer rating allowed in our next gen stats tracking last year he was at 66 overall and look cornerback is kind of a tough position because they're, you know, they're all asked to kind of do different things. They are definitely, um, you know, it's, it's it's a tough it's a tough position to evaluate. It's hard to do statistically. Um, but at the same time, like, I think he's just one of the best. He's easily one of the best five corners. And you know, he's behind guys like who he played better than last year, like Marcus Peters or Josh Norman. I, I would take him over. I thought he just got a little bit disrespected. So I wanted to give him some love here. And a couple of guys that I think are going to be on the list next year, Two, two guys. Uh, one, again, defensive side of the ball. Daniil Hunter, Vikings defensive end. Uh, he's been getting rave reviews. He's rocked up this offseason. He was already a pretty stud pass rusher. He could kind of take the next step and be, get, be one of the top one hundred players in the NFL. And offensive player, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. I think he has a Ooh. baller rookie year and I think he gets a lot of love for that on a team that, that's, you know, in the national spotlight because of Cam Newton. And uh yeah, that's my take. Maybe a little homerism, but uh that's my take.
0: Spicy. Yeah. I saw a tweet that he was uh like lining up out wide or something. Dude, McCaffrey's oh, yeah. gonna be such uh, a yeah. start. It's just yeah. I was in Charlotte this weekend, obviously, and like yeah. he's
1: all the buzz of the- of the town down there. And ah. People are just people are obsessed so did you see pretty exciting
0: do you see that video on twitter of like him talking to press and then cam newton being like hold on rookie like they need to talk to me first and then he that was amazing i thought that was really funny he McCaffrey just like put his head down like a little kid and was like okay dad
1: i can't imagine that those two like uh, are very similar humans but uh, right right Uh, all right let's on- let's let's that's good 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 stuff on the top 100 let's take a quick break and we'll come back on the other side for our beer and music recommendations of the week all right everybody we want to remind you about the sponsor of today's show it's the Duchamps grooming company their vintage inspired handmade grooming products for the modern day man are incredible they have a fantastic beard oil and beard balm to get your facial hair looking just right they also have a hair wax to make you look stylish as, as all get out, or even a little bit of lip balm there that's scented very nice. Now, for the ladies out there, if you still want to grab some products from them, which we
0: encourage you to do so, they have plenty of kits to get your loved ones a present. All these handmade products are awesome. I use them every day. I have them in my pocket right now. They even have a signature scent. Um, you can find all this stuff at the online shop at www d-u-c-h-a-m-p-s-g-r-o-o-m-i-n-g dot c-o that's grooming dot c-o they have an online shop and follow them on instagram Co., and on twitter at Co. find them, follow them, retweet them and buy their stuff alright, let's get back to the show alright
1: and we are back uh franchise before we give our music and beer takes of the week why don't you tell them who this segment is sponsored by
0: of course this segment is sponsored by the one and only flag and anthem it's a vintage inspired menswear brand uh for guys who are in life's sweet spot kind of like me and Harmon. obviously we're in life's sweet spot right now Duh. uh well, well i'm i'm a little younger i'm a little younger than you so
1: i'm probably in a sweeter spot but that's you know Neither here nor there, I guess. M-
0: moving right along here. Uh, Flag and Anthem <laughs> makes clothing <laughs> makes clothing for guys who are too busy enjoying life to obsess about micro- micro-trends. They make classics that are always cool. Flag and Anthem is subtle, smart, well-made style for the kind of guy who values hard work but also knows how to unwind and have a good time. And right now, we are rewarding our podcast listeners with a 25% off on your first order at flagandanthem.com with promo code FANTASYHIPSTERS, one word. Enter that promo code upon checkout to receive the discount. Revamp your closet for summertime. Look, 4th of July is right around the corner. Flag and Anthem is all about the red, white, and blue. So go get yourself some some American colors. Celebrate USA on 4th of July. And keep rocking those colors all summer long. Also, follow Flag and Anthem on Instagram and Twitter, at Flag and Anthem CO. They do random sales on their socials all the time, so keep an eye out for those. And uh, use the promo code and get your, you know, revamp your closet. Go get some clothes on the hipsters, you know?
1: Yeah, your closet looks like hell, bro. Go fix it up.
0: Yeah, your closet looks like the closet of a bum because you are a bum. But go get some Flag and Anthem and then you won't be a bum anymore.
1: Great takes there. All right, Franchise, who's your music pick of the week?
0: All right. This is uh, one of my favorite of all time. And I couldn't ignore them because they put an album out this week. And they're kind of like the most, I don't know how to say this, the most hipster, mainstream hipster band, maybe? It's not like nobody knows who they are. Portugal, the man, they've been around for seven, eight, nine years now. Uh, But they just released their first record in almost four years this past week. It's called Woodstock. The album cover is this old old car that's just engulfed in flames. Um, You can't really miss it on the on the shelves or the digital shelves if you will uh but portugal the man they are actually they're from alaska but they live in portland i don't know how you get much more hipster than that Uh, their their twitter handle is actually the uh lords of portland so that's like the most hipster thing you could ever you could ever have as your twitter handle look they worked with danger mouse and uh mike d from the beastie boys on this record so basically, they're they're kind of like progressive pop indie rock, I guess I would call it. Uh, these progressive dudes, pop, ooh. Yeah, like it's just a lot of fun. Uh, there's there's also a little bit of hip hop vibes in some of their beats, uh, some of the instrumentation. The their shows are killer, dude. They will rock your face off. I saw them, I think, in 2013. I've been to a lot of shows in my life. It's top three shows I've ever seen. Like, I think Prince. Portugal the Man, and I don't know what my third one would be, but they're up there in terms of live experience. You will not be disappointed if you see them live. Uh, And this album is kind of special because they've been putting out, since they arrived on the scene, they've been putting out an album like almost every year. They already have seven full-length albums out. And then they took like three and a half to four years off before this one. So it's been too long. They finally have new material material out. It's awesome. It was worth the wait. Um, a couple tracks you should check out from the new album are called Live in the Moment and Feel It Still, was which was actually the first single, but they're catchy. You'll be singing along. You'll be rocking your head, driving around this summer. And one more awesome thing, they have this T-shirt on their website that's so hipster. I got to get one of these. It says, it's just a black T-shirt with white text that says, I liked Portugal the Man before they sold out. So... I'm going to get that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get that t-shirt. They're selling that on their official website. So like they understand they're they're kind of buying into the being, being that hipster band and it's awesome. And there's a bunch of press on them right now because the album just came out. So, you know, if you get a chance to see them on tour, definitely take it up and I'll add some of their songs to our fantasy hipster Spotify playlist. Sick. Yeah, man. I, I dig it. It you, sounds like something
1: I would be uh, interested. Do in. you like? Do you
0: know about Portugal the Man? No, nah, I've never heard of him. Oh man, really? Wow, dude, you're gonna you you'll like him. You'll like him. I know you will. So,
1: yeah, I dig it
0: okay Go i'll show. take your
1: word for it and, and I'll, I'll check them out uh cool. my beer pick of the week actually comes from uh charlotte where i just was i mentioned i had a great trip down there it was awesome man i got to meet uh jj zacharice and i stayed with him at his place late round quarterback um has nice. a lovely wife who i don't know what he's doing with him uh because she seems like a really cool like normal contributing member of society um <laughs> and, really and jj to to, isn't <laughs> Dude, JJ is, like, living the most dad life ever, despite the fact that he has no children. Like- That's amazing. <laughs> lives in the suburbs in like the most dad house ever he's like mows his lawn he told as i was backing out of his driveway uh friday morning to leave he was like hey watch the watch the garbage can and i was like dude you're you're literally a father that's amazing Um, they've got this they've got this funny dog like after we had we actually periscoped late that night like after we both (laughs) had drank a ton. oh that's that's right Um, that's right
0: me and denny have been replaced as our co-hosts of our respective podcasts
1: yeah dude this is all, i'm just we're just running out the string here with this and then yeah we'll, yeah we'll be done i see how it um is. yeah totally but it was real fun uh and but like those they have this funny little dog henry yeah uh, and when we were like about to, when his wife was going to go to sleep or whatever you know they kept for like eight the, whenever they say to the dog like henry it's time to go to bed like he would run up the stairs and then he, they wouldn't go up. So he'd come back down and they made him. They, he'd like did it eight times. He just <laughs> Every time he'd like look back and be like, are you actually going to come with me this time? But oh, then man, it was it was Hilarious. Uh, so that was fun. And then the next day I, I went down to, to Charlotte to meet up with Jordan Rodrigue friend, a friend of mine who writes for the Charlotte Observer as a Panthers beat writer. And I got to meet Josh Norris was down, while I was down there too, which is great. Cause you know, Josh and I have been in internet pals forever. So we went to a brewing called uh Sycamore brewing. It was right down the street from Jordan's place. They had a ton of great beers. They had a Mountain Candy IPA that was really awesome that I enjoyed. I mean, Ooh. what a great name for, like, the most hipster IPA ever, like yeah. Mountain Candy. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that fits in. Also, they had a blonde a blonde that uh, Jordan was drinking called the Southern Girl Blonde. It was really nice. And also, I'm looking on their website now. Apparently, they have a Southern Girl Blonde Pumpkin Spice Latte uh, Blondale, which oh, is just, God. like, talk about, like, the most troll thing ever, I feel like. that's <laughs> probably more of a southern or like more of a, a fall thing as as opposed to a, a summer situation like the actual blonde was but great time good beers there uh like i said that's it, charlotte's a real kind of up-and-coming city in terms of its brewery scene it feels it's it feels like it's definitely was a much much different city than last time i was there so good times there and good beers were had
0: nice that's awesome i'm that's cool that you got to meet up with all those people in one shot
1: yeah, it was way cool. Always always a fan of of doing that if I can, uh, you know, meeting some people that we interact with online. But uh I think that'll do it for the 25th episode of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. Franchise, you got anything else uh, to to say before we get out of here?
0: Yeah, just real quick. I'm going to pl- I I know you did this I think last year, but I'm going to plug the Draft Day Consultants. Uh, it's basically a service that uh fantasy fo- football managers can pay for and you uh get advice you basically get your own personal consultant to help you draft or to help you throughout the season with your fantasy team Uh, it's run by our friend denny carter who who shares a podcast with jj uh, the living the stream podcast but i'm on the staff this year so uh, we're just starting to get going because it's it's late june now and people are doing mock drafts so we're we're gearing up a little bit and uh i just wanted to plug that so go check out the website it's draftdayconsultants.com See what it's about. See if you're interested. And uh, there's a good staff this year of uh, fantasy experts to help you guys out with your drafts and all season long. So draft day consultants just want to give that a little plug.
1: Ex- experts, bro.
0: Yeah, you did it last year, right? Or the year yeah, before?
1: I know. I just uh, you know I'm I'm trolling about the fantasy experts.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. We're job. all everyone. But... Yeah. I'm an expert. What do you want? I mean, what do you want from me? I'm an expert. I was born a fantasy expert, and I'll always be a fantasy expert. So uh you know that's never going to change and I just have to live with it. Fair enough. All right, well,
1: I mean the only thing I got to plug is of course just check out receptionperception.com and, and consider buying the ultimate draft kit uh which still going strong hoping to kick up more sales with that as the as the off season rolls along cuz ton of data in there I've, more wide receiver information than you ever possibly
0: could want. I've been seeing people on Twitter that have you know bought bought the reception perception kit there and, they're, and they're just like, do. they're like taking your numbers and like creating their own things out of it. It's just, like, it's just this whole thing. It's really cool yeah. to see it take off like that. So congrats yeah, on the success nice. for that, buddy. That's awesome.
1: Thanks, pal. Yeah. All right. And with that, that'll do it for us. Uh, I'm going to go do, you know, I guess suburban stuff here. uh here in virginia i guess you guys got to go ride in the sun there in california but i gotta uh, yeah i'm I'm gonna go be a bum and keep uh working on this wedding script oh have fun with that no pressure uh all right with that hipsters (laughs) out hipsters out
0: Here. Good good piss. Good yeah, piss. it was it was nice. It was a uh, relieving, I guess is what it should be.
1: Oh, well, all right then. <laughs> weird. Weird, very weird.